Hey everyone, this is the Professor Rick Del Santo of the PWZ Podcast. If you're interested in professional wrestling of the independent kind, the National Wrestling Alliance, and the United Wrestling Network, check us out on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to professional wrestling podcasts. Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever, mischievous, what's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Gremlins. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Shocking Things. I'm John with Laura. Hello. And we are going to talk about Laura's favorite horror-themed Christmas film, Gremlins, released on June 8th from 1984. Why Gremlins, Laura? Why do you love this movie? It's such a light-hearted Christmas horror film. It's okay for family viewing. And it's something, I don't know, it's a more recent thing because... I've been saying this is a Christmas movie for years. Nobody agreed with me. And then the past two years, this and Die Hard, all of a sudden people are saying, oh, these are Christmas movies. They never regarded these as Christmas films before. Do you so re- I never thought Die Hard was a Christmas movie, ever. Just because it takes place 
during Christmas, but wait a minute, so I'm contradicting myself because I'm about yeah, to say. Yeah, no, but you do consider this a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, I wouldn't watch this throughout the year. If it was on, I would, but yeah. this I would watch this around Christmas time. Yeah, I think as it's people... It's very Christmassy, though. I think because it was released in the summer, that's why people don't uh, think of it as a Christmas film, but that's where the money is made, you know, for the blockbusters. That's why I'm assuming it was released like in June. It's overly Christmassy. Yes, it's a lot more than... Even when I was a kid, I didn't think of it because I saw it in the summer. I wasn't really thinking as much Christmas, but now that's all I think about when I see this movie. So the tagline is cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, dangerous. Joe Dante was a director. Some of his credits include Piranha, The Howling, The Burbs, Gremlins 2, and Matinee. It was written by Christopher Columbus. Columbus also wrote The Goonies and Christmas with the Cranks. So he's good with these Christmas films, right, Laura? Yeah, Christopher Columbus. <laughs> and um, the cast, uh, Zach Galligan played Billy. Galligan was also in Gremlins 2, Waxwork, Waxwork 2. And his best role was in Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Uh, he was uncredited as Boiler Room Patron getting stabbed with pool stick. Big role. That is, that is the best one. Uh, Phoebe Cates was Kate. Uh, Cates also started in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I was telling Laura, Laura's never seen that film, but I said she has the best scene in the movie. And Laura immediately figured out why it was the best scene, right, Laura? Why? Because there's nudity? Yes. So, uh -huh. so, <laughs> uh, she's also in Gremlins 2, and this is one of Laura's favorite films, Drop Dead Fred. Love that movie. That has a, a cult following. I've it does. seen online. It, it, it has a cult following. Yeah, so I, I liked it before it probably had a cult following. Uh, Hoyt Axton was Randall Peltzer. Axton, uh, he made a lot of TV appearances over the years and television shows like Different Strokes and Growing Pains. But he's also a successful songwriter. His most famous hit was Three Dogs Night, Joy, Joy to the World, which I was blown away. I had no clue that he uh, was a songwriter and wrote such a big hit. Key Luke played Grandfather. Luke starred in the Green Hornet serials from the 40s and a television series, Kung Fu. Corey Feldman was Pete. Feldman's a very well-known. Uh, appeared in such films as Friday the 13th Part 4, The Goonies, all these Corey Haim films. Uh, but Laura and I like him most from his incredible music video everyone has to look up on YouTube called Ascension Millennium. Right, Laura? And that's a joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but definitely look it up though because it is hilarious. Um, his role in this movie is not memorable. No, I actually forgot he was in here. Yeah, he's he's pretty straight. I in know this. he's not like the main character, but it's it's yeah. Yeah, for him, he's he's pretty uh, more like sedate than normal, I'd say, and compared to his other roles. Uh, Dick Miller played Mr. Futterman. Miller is a legendary character actor and appeared in uh, such films as Bucket of Blood, Piranha, and The Terminator. Polly Holiday played Mrs. Deagle. Uh, I was telling Laura, I know her best uh, as Flo from his television series called Alice. Uh, she's a waitress in a diner, and, his, and her catchphrase anytime Mel, her boss, pissed her off was, Kiss my grits! Uh, the dog Barney was played by Mushroom, which is an interesting name for a Mushroom. dog. <laughs> um, uh, Mushroom was also in uh, the horror film. Pumpkinhead. Howie Mandel uh, did the voice of Gizmo, which it seems like a lot of people don't know that because Laura says she thought she knew it, but she kind of just got lost in the character of Gizmo, right? And you think he's real. I, th I thought I heard that at one time. Yeah, but he seems so real to me every time I see him. I, I, 
I wish he was. I wish Mogwai were a real thing. Yeah, so now he's, a, he's done a lot of stand-up uh, comedy over the years. That's how he really got his break, I'd say. That's the first time I saw him in the 80s. And then he did, um, he was in uh, Little Monsters. He, he's in, a, he's in a voice work for a cartoon called Bobby's World. Right, you've seen him on Judge. What was that television series too recently? But that's how most people know him now. Uh, and then other voices are worth mentioning. Michael Winslow, uh, an actor just hired for his voices in films like uh, Spaceballs and Police Academy. He did various Gremlin and Mogwai voices. Mark Dodson, uh, not a well-known name, but he is another one who did various Gremlin and Mogwai voices. He did the voice of the legendary character from Return of the Jedi, Salacious Crumb. And Laura, do you want to hear my impersonation? Yes. <laughs> okay, that was loud. All right. Jerry Goldsmith uh, did the score, which is very recognizable. He did uh, scores for films like Planet of the Apes and Poltergeist. The Gremlins were designed by Chris Wallace. He worked on such films as The Fly and Enemy Mind. So we're going to talk first about the premise of Gremlins. A young man inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolent, mischievous monsters on a small town. So we're going to talk about some of the more memorable scenes from this film. Uh, first, when we start off with uh, Randall Peltzer getting the Mogwai, he has some of his ridiculous inventions, his bathroom buddy. Did you enjoy that one, Laura? The bathroom buddy? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, the egg dispenser we see later in the film, uh, the Pelser Peeler, which is an orange juicer that explodes, this playing card shuffler that just spits out the cards that are shuffling them. Uh, he tries to coin the Pelser Pet, the Mogwai, uh, automatic hammer, this multi-fly swatter, a coffee maker that dispenses sludge. Disgusting. And the uh, Pelser smokeless ashtray. But he really believes in his products. So he gets an A for effort. Yeah, instead of just getting a normal job and realizing this is all garbage, he just... He <laughs> but I just like, he makes prod, um, things that really don't make any sense, like a, a coffee maker. Like, what was the point of... There already is a coffee that's, maker. Yeah, that's You're not going to improve, unless it's like a Keurig, you're not going to improve upon the coffee maker, right? Like, and is an egg cracker going to change your life when you could do it the same? No, the but same remember, way? he says he makes it illogical logical. That's... I, well... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so those are very memorable. And later on in the film, he goes to an inventor's convention, and you see the time machine from the 1960 film based on the H.G. Wells classic and Robbie the Robot from the Forbidden Planet, Twilight Zone, Lost in Space. I thought those were great little Easter eggs thrown in. And now, when Billy gets uh, the gift from his father... He opens up the crate and he sees Gizmo for the first time. And when I see that this is exactly what Laura would do, he cuddles Gizmo like a little baby. Because he's so cute. <laughs> and uh, and he sings. Yes, and his mother takes a picture of Gizmo. And that's where we learn uh, the first rule of the, uh, the Flash. He yells, bright light. So then uh, his father, Ram Peltzer, explains how Gizmo is a mogwai and doesn't like light water and can't be fed after midnight no the most important rule That's don't it. feed them after midnight <laughs> yes so then uh cory feldman's character pete spills water accidentally on the five on on the on gizmo and five little fur balls pop yeah, I'm out like this kid is an idiot he's had it for all like <laughs> how many hours a couple hours yeah he drops already, the ball already yeah. right 
So these little mogwais, the pop out now. Uh, one has a little mohawk named Stripe. Stripe is the leader, and he isn't sweet like Gizmo. Then uh, Billy inadvertently feeds a new mogwai after midnight. What happens, he realizes they ripped out the clock, the cord from the clock. It's stuck on 11.35, so it actually is, is way past midnight at that point. And Laura enjoys the way they're being fed these little chicken bones. Yeah, chicken wings. Yeah, and they seem just like flying up in the air. And uh, one of the mogwai was uh, brought to school, Billy brought uh, with with Pete and one of the professors is doing experiments on him, leaves him overnight, and it shows how that Mogwai grabs a sandwich the professor left on the table. He drags it through and brings it into his little cage and eats it. So he joins the other gremlins later on. So uh, the pods were discovered the next morning and uh, they transformed into the gremlins. They hatch out of them. Uh, you see smoke emitting from them. Uh, Gizmo's hiding in a little motorcycle helmet in Billy's room. He's terrified. Yeah, he's like cute the whole movie. He's just cute. Yeah, he's the only good one, right? <laughs> and he wouldn't eat after midnight. That's another thing to mention. He saw them. He knew it was after midnight, and he knew not to eat after midnight. He's, yeah, he's a mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. And then at the the school, they, they show how um, he escaped his cage and the professor's trying to look for him. He tries to bribe him with a candy bar. And then uh, the gremlin uh, sticks him with a syringe as payback because uh, earlier the professor tried to stick him with a syringe to draw blood, do tests on him. And uh, now after inside Billy's house, the uh, gremlins come out of the pods. You see Mrs. Peltzer, she's trying to make Christmas cookies and she hears do you see what I see? Just randomly playing, and she looks, and one of the gremlins put that record on. She stops it, and she hears something. She grabs a knife, and she sees one of the gremlins, and she throws it in. It's, it's eating cake batter, actually, and she turns on the uh, the mixer, and it, it kills one of the gremlins. So this is, I said to Laura, this is the only Peltzer invention that actually works, it seems, right? Yes. And then this is Laura's uh, favorite kill, the, uh, the microwave gr- yes, scene. gremlin getting thrown in the microwave and just exploding. I uh, always remember that. It is. That, uh, <laughs> it is, it is re- very, very memorable because that's what you would do in real life probably. Would you think that quick? Maybe. I don't know if I'd think. Maybe. I, that's disgusting. Yeah. No. You'd be thinking about cleaning it up. You'd rather get killed than, yeah, than, than, than have to think about cleaning it up. Gremlin guts. No. Not me. Then we see, <laughs> then we see a gremlin emerging from the Christmas tree and tries to strangle Lim Pelzer. But then Billy miraculously walks in at the right time, and he grabs one of the swords as a decoration hanging on the wall and uses it to fling the gremlin off of her into the fire, burning him into a. I always thought the swords were funny on the wall too, because every time they close the door, like a sword would fall down. So yeah, I, I like how they set that up so you you pay attention to these swords. No, but not but only just that, how but idiotic it is. Swords and then like falling down. It keeps down falling. You're like, okay, I'm taking this. I'm taking this down. I'm that right. <laughs> but that's the the Peltzer, Randall Peltzer. So then later on, uh, Stripe purposely jumps into a pool at the YMCA just so he can have more uh, gremlins come out and have all this uh, 
these green lights and smoke coming out of the water. So it's a big theatrical scene. Then later, gremlins uh, go to the Futterman's house, and that's uh, Dick Miller. And this is very, very Hollywood-esque, right, Laura? Somehow they learn how to drive his bulldozer into yeah, his house. Not, not happening. I don't know how they learn how to do this, because if you said, John, operate a bulldozer now, I would know what I'm doing. But these gremlins knew exactly what they're doing. Um, then, uh, this is one of another one of Laura's favorite scenes. The gremlins are singing Christmas carols in front of uh, Mrs. Deagle's house. She hears the sound, she opens up, and she sees, and they're all dressed up as humans, right? They have scars and hats. It is such a funny scene. And this is, if you're not sure if it's a Christmas movie, it's definitely a Christmas movie, right? After you watch this scene, you know it is. And then while this happens, when the gremlin sneaks into the house, and they, uh, they rig, they short-circuit her motorized chair that uh, lifts her up, upstairs so she doesn't know this and once she goes on it it shoots her up 100 miles an hour through the window outside and what, what happens Laura after that, that was like the other crazy scene that they put in this movie <laughs> like who would do that and just like an older woman like <laughs> yeah. she just like shoots out the window and I'm all, I, I asked you I was like is she supposed to be dead like yeah you would think that <laughs> yeah. she's dead but yeah and then the cops are there they're watching somebody get attacked by gremlins Mrs. Dangle fly or Deagle flies out the window, and they're like, "I think that's Mrs. Is it Dangle? De- Deagle? <laughs> Mrs. Dingle. Mrs. Dingleberry. You can she's call a, her. She's an awful not, character. Yeah, she's not well liked. She was yeah. mean to a dog in the beginning, so this is terrible. But they're watching. They're like, "I think that was Mrs. Deagle," and he's like, "Let's get out of here, boss." Yeah. And so they yeah. pull up the window and drive away. It's only Mrs. Deagle. Nobody cares, right? Nobody's it's gonna miss her. Fantastic movie. So uh, then later, after all these uh, gremlins uh, hatch from Stripe, after they jumped in the pool, they're hanging out at a bar where uh, Kate works. They're smoking, drinking, eating popcorn. Uh, one's wearing a trench coat. I don't know how he got a gremlin-sized trench coat that fast, too. Yeah. And, he, and he, uh, he flashes Kate, exposing his gremlin penis. They're playing cards, swinging from the fans, playing with hand puppets, too. I mean, they're dancing on the bar. One of them's like aerobicizing. And then Kate uses uh, the flash from the camera to blind them. Another just hilarious scene, I thought. Uh, then this is a very, very memorable scene to me, but Laura, not as much. And then now once I brought it up to her, she's like, now it just sticks in her head now, where Kate explains to Billy why she hates Christmas. How... Um, they went to light the fireplace in their house when she was a child, and they, and they smelled something. They thought it was a dead bird, and they realized it was their father who was missing. He dressed up as Santa Claus, and he got stuck in the chimney. He was going to try and deliver gifts to them, but he broke his neck trying to do this. Right, and I have so many questions. Like, was it wide enough? Like, did he break his neck? How did he fit? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... How did this happen? Yes, I don't think I could fit in our chimney. Could I fit in it? Probably no. not. <laughs> That's why I have a lot of questions. Yes. So um, then later, the Gremlins, they're, uh, they're big movie fans, too. They all go to the movie theater. They're all watching uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs sing along <laughs> to the movie, too. Yeah, they were saying, was it hi-ho? Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Billy goes, he turns the gas on, lights a rag, and runs out, and then the theater explodes. I mean, just... Uh, they love the movie. Yes. 
they're really getting into it. Uh, I'm nowadays. I don't know if Disney would really be so crazy about that, right? If uh, Warner Brothers now was showing a Disney film like that, it's, I don't know. I don't know. In that light. So then, uh, but in a positive light, everybody likes Disney movies, I guess, right? Even the little gremlins. But even though it's, it's technically horror, they still made it fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, agree I don't you. know that it's that awful. Yeah. So now, then this is the, uh, I call it the department store showdown. This is where... Um, Stripe is trying to, he tries to kill Billy using a crossbow, a chainsaw, and a gun. <laughs> and then uh, Stripe jumps in the water to get more gremlins, tries to create more. Then Gizmo ruins us for him. He's driving this little pink Barbie-mobile to save the day. And he he hits the, uh, the blinds and it opens up. And then all of a sudden the sun, the shade opens up, the sun hits stripe and then he turns into this gelatinous pile of goo and skeletal bones and everything right Laura? Well, yeah which i thought was okay which is and i told it was all right which i told laura when i was a kid that's the thing i remember from the theater the most seeing that scene for whatever reason that stuck with me yeah we have very different like memories <laughs> yeah. so then uh grandfather who's the man who sold well actually he didn't sell it his grandson sold gizmo behind his back Randall Pelser. So then Grandfather finds out, goes to the Pelser home, and then he takes Gizmo back from them because they're obviously not responsible enough to care for Gizmo. And then Gizmo says, bye, Billy, in his cute little voice. And uh, as a token of his appreciation, Rand Pelser gives Grandfather his piece of shit smokeless ashtray. But uh, <laughs> but he already got the ashtray from uh, someone who owns a gas station and tried to pawn it off on Grandfather. Now I pull out an old Starlog magazine from the archives. It's issue number 85 from August 1984. Laura's going to read uh, a few segments from an article called Joe Dante Uncaging Gremlins. In the original script, the gremlins ate people. That's all they did. They were hungry all the time. They would bite people's legs or their kneecaps, depending on how tall they were. But that's not really anything new. We've seen that before in movies. The script did change, Dante says. Originally, Gizmo became Stripe. Gizmo's role was increased so that he's now in the rest of the film. That's the kind of input that has helped result in Stevens making so many popular movies. It's a very intelligent idea. This picture does have those funny moments, the director agrees, citing another scene in which Kate explains just why she hates Christmas. Many years before, a bizarre family tragedy occurred on that date. That's a funny scene too, but it isn't funny when it happens to you. It's a very absurd way to lose a relative, but it isn't that funny because she's very upset by it. I would say laughing at that scene is one response. Taking it seriously is another. There's no one right way to react. If there's a scene with 12 gremlins, that's about 60 people lying on the set's floor. And Phoebe and the other actors had to step over not only the cables, but these bodies on the floor. It looks like the last act of Hamlet. Someday, I'm sure, I'll look back and remember Gremlins as a fun film to make, but basically it was an enormous job, and it took forever. So, uh, after rewatching this, Laura, what, how many Mogwais do you give Gremlins? Um, five. I'm going to go with you. Uh, On cuteness. <laughs> it's, 
this is the whole thing with me. There's some movies it's, I'll watch and I'll say, okay, I like it for nostalgic reasons and the film itself. I mean, this movie, it flew by when we are watching it. We watched it, because uh, usually when we watch it, uh, it's kind of more of like a background noise type thing. We don't really pay attention. We sat down, we watched the entire thing from beginning to end and flew by and said, okay, I, it ended so abruptly, I want to see more. So that's a really good sign. It's still very popular. Uh, anytime we go to a convention, uh, Laura has to buy any gizmo item that she sees. They oh, still nice. make Gremlins figures. Uh, I came home, she usually yells at me when they bring home toys, but I brought her home the Gremlins singing the Christmas carols. She was happy. <laughs> Immediately went into our Christmas decorations. Yes. Singing uh, Christmas carols. So, I have to agree with that. I give this five Mogwai. Uh, in the future, uh, near future, Laura, if you want to see Gremlins 2, which I'm not as familiar with, I've only seen that film twice. I'm not. We, I couldn't tell you anything that We happens. saw it once when I first met you. I don't remember. And it doesn't stand out to me. Maybe we're going to have a different uh, opinion now if we rewatch it. So thank you, everyone, and please do not feed Laura after midnight. To see photos and links about each subject we discuss in each episode, please go to anchor.fm slash shockingthings. That has all of our episodes and links to our social media, as well as a link to the Shocking Things store.